Good morning. At the movies. That's epic. Hey, I am not Sarah. My name is Cameron. <laughs> but it's good to be with you today. And we are talking about Encanto. Kids, have, has anybody seen Encanto? Who's seen the movie Encanto? I see a few hands. And it's okay to engage. It's okay to say, yeah. Yeah. Woohoo. And it's okay to say, we don't talk about Bruno. Oh, but today we're going to talk about Bruno just a little bit. No, it's going to be fun. Hey, let's, it's so good to have you guys in the room with us, the kids. This is great. Let's start with some prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the gift of your son Jesus and the Holy Spirit that you have given us. Uh, remind us today of your words and your promise and your gifts through this movie and uh, through this awesome series that we've been doing. Lord, may we take that gift with us throughout the week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So good. Well, hey, we are talking about Encanto. Encanto, Encanto, I, I don't know that I'm always saying it right. Uh, my kids love this movie. They're in the room, so I'll, I can count on them to shout out. So that's good. Encanto means enchanted or charming, okay? But it also has this magical element that we're going to find out. There's this house. If you haven't seen the movie, there's this house that is a charming house, right, that also has a magical gift. And everybody in the family, or many people in the family, have this gift that they're given as well. And, uh, and we'll find out a little bit about that. But first, why are we doing this movie series? We've been saying this every week. Jesus taught in stories. Jesus taught in parables. And he often used stories and parables to capture our heart and our minds in a new and refreshing way. And that's what we hope. This movie, if you haven't seen it yet, it does. It captures your heart and your mind. And the songs, Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote the soundtrack for this. If you know him, he's been on Broadway. He's extremely talented. And that's why it's so catchy, some of the songs. But it's, it's cool. If you, if you listen to the soundtrack, you can kind of get at the heart of the story and what's happening. Uh, my wife has been listening to the soundtrack. Some of y'all, adults, have been listening to the soundtrack, right? few of you. Uh, it's great. And uh, we've also been starting kind of with a proverb. I thought this proverb is good for today. It kind of captures the idea of what we're talking about. Proverbs 18.6 says, giving a gift can open doors and ushers the giver into the presence of the great. How many of you like to receive gifts? <laughs> yes. Especially at key moments when people are trying to get something from you, right? No. Uh, giving a gift is a blessing, and when we receive a gift, it's a blessing. It's a blessing, and it opens doors in our lives. And if you are truly giving out of love, it ushers you into the presence of the great. It is the physical reminder. Giving a gift is a physical reminder of your love for somebody else. Does that make sense? When we give something, we are practically loving other people. And God says love is the most important thing for us. And so that reminds us about the gift. And we were given a gift. You were given a gift. We all were given a gift. And the gift is the Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been given to us. And it actually says this. Jesus says this. Do not, to his, his early church in Acts, he says, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised you. 
you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. You have been given a gift. I have been given a gift of the Holy Spirit. If you believe in Jesus, you have been given this gift. And Zechariah talking about the church, the early church talking about us, says this, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. You see, we have a tendency to rely on our natural strength, don't we? We have a tendency to rely on our natural abilities. And that gets you somewhere down the, the field, right? You can do a little bit with your natural abilities. But Jesus says, I'm giving you a gift of the Spirit so that you will have power, so that you can live Spirit-empowered lives. And I want you to have that in the back of your minds today as we think about this story, because I, I, it's an incredible parallel to the gift of the home in the character's experience in this movie, Encanto. Okay, so setting up this first scene, I want you to think, and, and, and throughout the, today, here's three things. So the, we're given a gift, right? But let's think about our specialness. Can you say that with me? Specialness, giftedness, and willingness. Good job. Specialness, giftedness, and willingness. That's going to be kind of our outline for the morning. But the main point here as we lead into the first, first scene is that you have been given a gift. What do you do with the gift that has been given to you? In this first scene, we see young Mirabelle. All these other people in her family have been given a gift, and it's her turn. When you turn five years old in the Madrigal family, you have an opportunity to turn the doorknob and receive your gift. What do you do with the gift that has been given to you? Let's see what happens in this first scene. Hey everyone, it's Cameron and Lindsay. We're so glad to be back with you for one final week of our series at the movies. It's been so fun. Yeah. It's been a great time. I've loved it. Yeah. We hope you have enjoyed it too. Sorry we can't show you the clip here, um, but they're watching it in the room and we want to walk you through a scene from this week's movie, Encanto. Yes, it's an Academy Award winning movie by Disney. It's, mm -hmm. We hope you get a chance to watch it. In this scene, we meet Abuela, mm -hmm. and uh, which means grandmother, mm -hmm. and she's kind of encouraging little Mirabelle, the main character of our story. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's, you, you quickly find out everybody in the family, mm -hmm. you said three generations of family members right. have a gift. And they get this gift when they're five years old, they turn a doorknob and it's revealed. Mm -hmm. Is it gonna be super strength? Are they gonna have super hearing? You know, like what yeah. is the gift gonna be? And, uh, and at first the grandmother's really, really encouraging. And then little Mirabelle turns the doorknob and the magic seems to flow away. Yeah, yeah it causes some tension in yeah, the family. Yeah, and some shock. And the community is all gathered around to watch this ceremony take place. Mm -hmm. And Mirabelle is the first one in the family to have this happen yeah. to her. So let's see what Sarah has to say about this first scene. Suspense, a dilemma. You know, I think it's interesting, Abuela Almas, she communicates, you're special. 
And we all have that desire to be purposeful, to be special. We all have that deep within us. And her words communicated, you are special, you're a gift. But her actions communicated something else. And it caused a tension for Mirabelle, a struggle of thinking about her identity and her specialness. You are just as special as the gift that this house, this candle, this magical candle will give you. But then she's confronted with, wait, where, what about my gift? And unintentionally or intentionally, sometimes we're communicated the same thing. Has that happened to you? Have there been people in your life at times that unintentionally or intentionally told you you're not special? But that's not what God tells us. I've had this happen to me at times. You're special if you're the best person on the soccer team. You're special if you are the most talented. You're special if you can perform just with everybody else. You're special if you get it right. But God tells us you're special just because. You are special, period. You are special. God, it says this in Ephesians 2, 10. Paul, reflecting on the reality that you are special, he says, for we are God's handiwork. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus. So let me say this. Even if you've been communicated in your life that you are not special, Paul is telling you here, in Christ Jesus, even if you've believed that lie in the past, don't believe it anymore. If you're in Christ Jesus, you should be reminded that you are God's handiwork, created anew in Christ Jesus to do good works. And he prepared them in advance for you. He has a mission. He has a purpose in this world, and he's inviting you to join into it. In Psalms, it says it this way, you made, God, all the delicate inner parts of my body, you knit me together in my mother's womb, in my mother's belly. You formed me. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Do you know it? Do you know it? Sometimes we say we know it, but our actions speak otherwise. We say, yes, I'm, I'm special, but... The fear and the doubts and the pride and all those things get in the way of us realizing our specialness given to us by God. And, and God wants to remind us of that again and again and again. You are special. I created you. Each of you are a gift of the Father. Rick Warren, author of uh, a best-selling book called The Purpose-Driven Life. He says this, the greatest tragedy in our lives is not death. It's a life without purpose. That's a tragedy. If you go on throughout your life believing the lie that you are not special and that God has something specific and wonderful 
for you to do. Don't believe that lie anymore. You are special. Mirabelle questions her specialness. She questions her specialness, and it lingers with her throughout her life as she grows up. So when we think about specialness, do you believe that God created you on purpose, that you're not an accident? Do you really believe it? That God created you on purpose, for a purpose, and are you helping? So if you do, great, step one. Step two, are you helping others? Everybody you meet, created in the image of God, are you helping others realize their God-given specialness in this world? Sometimes we say it, but unintentionally we don't show it. Sometimes we say it, but then our actions communicate otherwise. Sometimes we say that God created you in the image of God, which sounds great, but then we cut people off in traffic, or we yell, or we get angry. Our actions communicate you're not special. So fast forward a couple of years, this next scene. Mirabelle has grown up, and... A family member is born, Antonio. Kids, anybody remember the character Antonio? And uh, he's about to turn five. Okay, so he's getting a gift. Let's see what happens. Hi everyone, we're back with another clip from the movie Encanto. Uh, we can't show you this online due to copyright issues or watching it in the room, uh, but we're gonna explain a little bit what's happening in this scene. It's a great scene. It's rem reminiscent of the scene we just looked at a couple minutes ago, uh, but now it's uh, Mirabelle's young cousin, Antonio, and he turns the knob and he does get a gift. Mm -hmm. And you can see the shock from the family in the opposite, in the positive way that, yeah. oh, the gift does still exist for our family. And uh, grandmother, Alma, again, she's really encouraging and saying it's perfect, it's yes. a perfect night. Um, but then what happens? Yeah, and so as she's saying it's a perfect night, let's take a photo as the family Madrigal. And there's one person missing, person missing from the photo and it's Mirabelle. She's standing on the sidelines and as they're snapping the photo, Mirabelle realizes like, where do I fit in here? I didn't receive my gift, what's wrong with me? Um, and it's like this realization for her that she's held it together for so long. She's acted like everything is fine. And in the song that she sings, um, she says, I'm fine, actually, no, I'm not fine. <laughs> and it's just this reckoning for her that she's, um, she's got to change, she's got to move forward from this burden that she's carrying of not being a true part of the family. Is that, That's how she feels, at least. Yeah, and it's tied to her identity. Yeah. She ends up asking, who am I yeah. if I don't have a gift? And I just want to know. Right. And a lot of us feel that way. Yeah. Like, who am I? We go through seasons of our life. And so uh, I resonate a lot with this scene. The music is fantastic yeah. by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah. does a fantastic yes. job writing the songs of this movie. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, again, we hope you get a chance to watch it. Let's see what Sarah has to say about have you felt left out on the outside looking in have you felt different 
you weren't given the gift that somebody else got, but you wanted it. This hits at a true spot for, for many of us. What do you do when somebody else has been given something that you wish you had? What do you do with that? Do we get angry? Do we get jealous? Do we try to tear others down so that they meet our level? Yeah, I do that sometimes, unfortunately. I, I'm guilty of that. Or do we pray and seek God and investigate and ask, God, how have you wired me? What have you given me? As we'll find out in the story, Mirabelle has a gift she has purpose. But there's a tension as she wonders and investigates. What is it? And for many of us, it takes sometimes our entire lives to realize our purpose, our gift. And it's hard. We keep waiting and waiting and waiting. Have you ever felt like you're just waiting? You're just waiting and waiting on a miracle. This is what Paul says. He's writing to the Corinthian church. He says, in God's grace, he has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. It's a grace, God's grace. He has given you a gift for doing certain things, not all things, not all things, not anything you want. It's an important piece for doing certain things well. And it takes all of us. He goes on, he says, so if God has given you the ability to prophesy, which in modern language is to communicate the goodness of God's glory, communicate the goodness of God, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach if your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. God has given you a gift. Don't get caught in the comparison trap. It's a dead-end road, and it leads to anger and jealousy and all sorts of things that God does not want for our lives. Don't find yourself in the comparison trap. Eagerly seek out the gift that God has given you and put it into practice. Do it well. Whatever it is, do it well. My wife, if I were to ask her to come up and preach today, <laughs> she would say, no, no, I don't want to teach. I don't want to get up in front of anybody. That's not, that's not my gift. But... She is one of the most encouraging people I have ever met. And even this morning, she woke up and she's encouraging me. You got it. You're going to do great. That's her gift. I've met some of you. I, I can greet people, but not like Tom can greet people out there. Not like John can greet people. I can pray for people, but not like some of our prayer warriors that are here praying for people every single day. They wake up and they are just praying. They're on their hands and knees in prayer. We need your gift. 
whatever it is. I can play guitar. I love playing guitar. I cannot sing like Elijah or Joe or Lindsay. Thank God I'm not leading worship for you every week. <laughs> you'd get a lot of cool riffs, and you'd be like, we are lost, we don't know what we're singing, and it's off-key. But they have a gift, and they're using it. Here's a few gifts that are listed. These are just a few. They're just a sampling. Administration. God knows we need administrators in the world. Discernment, encouragement, evangelism, talking and sharing your faith with others. Not everybody has that gift. Faith, giving, healing, helping, hospitality, prayer, serving, wisdom. Have you ever lacked wisdom and you're like, oh man, Surround yourself with somebody who has wisdom that can help you ask and answer tough questions as you navigate life. Paul says this, also there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but it's the same spirit is the source of them all. A spiritual gift is given to each of us. Why? So we can help each other. Sometimes we hoard our gift and we don't share it. Sometimes we begin to recognize our gift, but we hide it. As we see in the story, Mirabelle starts to feel drawn into the story. There's something, there's a purpose that I'm here for. As if you watch the movie, you'll see that the, the flame candle, the miracle candle, starts to, to flicker. Something's happening to the gift that the family has been given. Something happens to the church when not everybody is using their gift. A recent study said that 80% of followers of Jesus, 80% of Christians, this came from Fuller Institute, they said 80% of Christians do not realize and are not using their spiritual gift. That's a huge amount. That means 80% of this room, theoretically, you are not aware of the way the Spirit has empowered you to be of a help and assistance in the community, and you're not using it. Maybe you're aware of it, but you're not engaged. You're not in the game. And it begins to destroy the body if you are not using your gift, the way God has wired you. And that's what happens. The story of Encanto is about Mirabel. She's not using her gift. She's struggling with, what is it? What's my purpose in the family? And as you see, the house starts to crumble. Things start to go wrong. And she keeps waiting and waiting and waiting for something. So I'm going to ask you this, giftedness. How do my gifts intersect with the needs in our world? What do I have to contribute that will expand God's kingdom in this world? If you notice, this is a theme from last week too, and this has been kind of a theme throughout our movie series. So one last time in the last week, are you using your gifts? There is no better opportunity than right now to discover your gifts and to use your gifts, and we can help with that. If you're like, I don't know, I'm in that 80% that doesn't know and is not involved, we can help with that. Go to Connect Central, 
and say, I need to meet with a pastor to figure out what my gift is and to figure out how I can get in the game. We need group leaders. We, we were talking about Camp 4-5. We need group counselors, people that just love kids and can love on them that week. We need all sorts of different gifts in the church to accomplish what God has given us to do, which is to love the world. Frederick Buchner put it this way, the place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. So you can ask yourself some questions. What are the needs that I'm observing in the church or in the world that I can answer? Sometimes we don't even realize we need you until you show up and you use your gift and we're like, what were we doing? We were just stumbling along until you came and you used your gift in a powerful and amazing way because God's spirit was behind it. What is God telling you? Are you approaching him in prayer? Are you talking to other people? What are you passionate about? These are the questions that we can ask and discover as you figure out what is my role in the church? What is my role in the story? You have a place. You are special. You do have a role in the story. And if you don't use your gifts, we all are hurting because of it. We need you. We need you to not only know your gift, but to be using it. Don't deprive us of your gift. So as we find in the story, Mirabelle, she doesn't just sit and wait. She actually does something. She starts to investigate. She starts to ask questions about Bruno. (laughs) Oh, we don't talk about Bruno. I want to talk about Bruno. She's willing to disrupt things in the search to figure out how can I help the family and the community because the house is a source of well-being and blessing for the entire community, not just their family. And she goes on the search to figure out what, what is going on, what is causing our house to crumble. And that's where we set up this last scene where Mirabelle continues to push and push and push, despite her grandmother, Abuela Alma, saying no and doesn't want her to. Eventually, the house crumbles. Let's see what happens in this scene. Hey, everyone. Cameron and Lindsay here, back to walk you through this next scene of the movie Encanto. Sorry that we can't show it to you online, but we're gonna walk you through what the room is seeing live. So set this up for us, Cameron. Yeah, well you see in this scene that uh, they're on the river. Mirabelle and Abuela Alma are on the river and Mirabelle's in tears and she's sharing basically with her grandmother that it's because of me. Uh, I didn't want to hurt us. I didn't intend to hurt us, but I I did. I I wanted to be something that I'm actually not. And as I've been tracing after this gift and this secret, it's torn our family apart. And Abuela Alma says, actually it was, it's me. She ends up saying it was was me, but there's this cool part here where she begins to reflect on how their family got it gift in the first place. So we're taken back to this village Mm -hmm. and she meets a boy. Yes, yes. 
Alma is young in this flashback. She's um, yet a young adult, and you see her meet or see for the first time Pedro. Um, and they fall in love. They have a family of triplets. And um, you just see their life kind of taking shape and how blessed they are. I was thinking how, wow, Alma looks different. Like her, mm -hmm. her energy, her happiness, like she just felt joy. like, yeah, she had the joy um, that maybe carrying the pressure of what she has presently has taken from her. But anyway, back then it was a really special time for their family until a band of Colombian soldiers came through the same village and were just destroying it and were pushing people out with violence. You had mentioned earlier, it was a peaceful time mm -hmm. because they were actually in the middle of a ceremony of light as a village when these um, soldiers came through and just yeah. erupted all the peace and created violence. You know, Alma says, I thought my life was going to be different. Mm -hmm. And uh, so Pedro, he kisses, mm -hmm. Um, his kids and he looks at Alma and you can tell he's communicating to her I have to go fight these yeah. ruthless soldiers so he does mm -hmm. and so in doing that he loses his life but it's at that very moment that a mm -hmm. gift is given the, the candle it mm -hmm. has it changes shape and form mm -hmm. as we see in this clip and uh, and the community is protected because of Pedro's sacrifice and uh, and so obviously it's an emotional remembering of Alma but um, you begin to see that she's reflecting on this and saying um, she she actually says to Mirabel it's because of me it's not because of you it's because of me that everything with our family has taken place and um, but Mirabel I love it she turns it back and she says no it's actually because of you that we were given this gift in the first place it wasn't just Pedro that sacrificed it was you that sacrificed your your husband and the father of your kids in order to save the community and so thank you for your sacrifice yeah, wow. yeah. so sweet yeah and I love how in those conversations they reconcile and they mm -hmm. come to an agreement and they're on the same page finally and you see in that same river where they received the gift all those years ago is where the family starts to take shape again and they they are all reconciled to each other and it's a restoration moment for sure and i just loved seeing that come together symbolism of the butterflies yeah. that have been following throughout the movie and then it kind of ends with alma saying i asked for help and what i was given was you it's a powerful scene. Hope you get a chance to watch this movie. It's a great movie by Disney. And uh, let's see what Sarah has to say about this scene. It's a beautiful story of forgiveness, love, of searching out your gift and your place in the story. And I can't help but notice some symbolism. So stay with me for just a second. Pedro, the root of that word means rock. I don't know if Disney intended to do this, but she asked the rock, which is another name for our Father, Heavenly Father, for a gift, and she was given Mirabelle. The church is asking for a gift will you step up and be that gift 
in this community, in this world. We need you. We need you. No matter how small or young or how old you are, we need you. And we are not complete without you. You are special. You have been gifted. But it's pride and fear that often get in the way. And that's true of me too. Sometimes I'm afraid to use my gift. Sometimes I'm afraid to hand things over to other people. Sometimes I'm afraid of what might happen if we just open the door to let others take their place. But it's powerful. And Paul talks about it's like a body. Can the eye do what the foot does? No. Does the ear do what the hands can do? No, they do different things. The beauty of a body is that all the different parts of the body, when working together, do what they're supposed to do. Joan Chittister is a spiritual writer and theologian. And uh, she wrote this. I'm going to read it to you. She was talking about the 12 disciples. She says, not even Jesus, when he came and invited, found the ready. Jesus called Nathaniel, but Nathaniel lacked openness. Nathaniel wasn't ready. Jesus called Philip. Philip lacked simplicity. Philip wasn't ready. Jesus called Simon, the zealot. Simon lacked nonviolence. That's what a zealot is. They were fighting. Simon wasn't ready. Jesus called Andrew, and Andrew lacked a sense of risk. Andrew wasn't ready. Jesus called Thomas. Thomas lacked vision, and Thomas wasn't ready. Jesus called Judas. Judas lacked spiritual maturity. Judas was definitely not ready. Jesus called Matthew. Matthew lacked a sense of social justice. Matthew wasn't ready. Jesus called Thaddeus. Thaddeus lacked commitment. Thaddeus wasn't ready. Jesus called James the lesser. James lacked awareness, and James wasn't ready. Jesus called James and John the sons of thunder. That's my favorite nickname. (laughs) James and John lacked a sense of servanthood. James and John weren't ready. Jesus called Peter the rock. Peter lacked courage, but Peter was not ready. You see, the point, Jesus does not call those who are ready. He calls those who are willing. Are you willing? Not are you ready. Are you willing? And every day is a new day. We have to ask ourselves the same thing. Every day, we should wake up and say, God, I am willing. Use me. God, I am willing. Use me. In Philippians, it says this, for God is working in you. He is giving you the willingness and the power to do what pleases him. He's working in you. Are you willing through the power of Jesus and the Holy Spirit 
to get in the game. Willingness. Here, are you willing to open your heart to the God that created you? He specially created you. Are you willing to explore your gifts and join in with God's mission in the world? If you are, it's incredible what can happen. When you're willing, not just when you're ready, when you're willing, God will use you, empower you through his spirit. Kids, are you still hearing this? With God, you have a power to do things that you cannot do away from God. He empowers us, and he makes us willing to get involved, to get in the game. My son Silas has just been learning to swim, and we've been spending a lot of time in the swimming pool. And we've been trying to get him more and more comfortable to swim. He can swim. Just, just do it. And we were saying recently... Silas, jump in, jump in the pool. And he was, he was afraid. He wouldn't do it. And we kept reminding him, you can swim. You can do it. Jump in the pool. Jump in the water. I said, are you ready? <laughs> Recently, I said, are you ready? He said, no, but I'll do it. And he took the leap. He jumped in the water, and he swam. Don't sit on the side of the pool. Be willing to jump in. Watch what you can do and what God can do through you. Jump in. Our Father is generous and he loves you. He has gifted you. He has called you special. He has given you a purpose and a gift. Are you willing? Heavenly Father, we thank you today. We thank you for the gift of your spirit. We thank you for how you've created us, you knit us together to do the good things you planned in advance for us long ago to do. We thank you for the story of Mirabel and Encanto to speak to us today, to remind us the power of our willingness to keep searching, to keep searching for the gift that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. At this time, Maybe you need to light a candle symbolically for the gift of the Spirit that God has given you. Maybe you need to write a prayer and place it in the prayer wall because it's been hard for you in this journey. And maybe you need to receive communion this morning just as a reminder that God loves you. You are special and he has invited you to join him in his mission in the world.